were already described by me, Pavataha, unto you, Tigmayatanaha, in which there is very terrible suffering. Sukadeva Goswami replied, My dear king, if before one's next death, whatever impious acts one has performed in this life with his mind, words and body. Are not counteracted through proper atonement according to the description of the Manusamita and other Tarama Shastras. One will certainly enter the hellish planets after death and undergo terrible suffering, as I have previously described to you. Purport, Srila Vishnanath Chakravati Thakur mentions that although Maharaj Parikshit was a pure devotee, Sukadev Goswami did not immediately speak to him about the strength of devotional service. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 14, text 26, Mamchayo Vyabhicharena. Bhakti Jogena Sevate Sagunam Samatityaitam Bhama Bhuyaya Kapate. Devotional service is so strong that if one fully surrenders to Krishna and takes fully to his devotional service, the reactions of his simple life immediately stop. Elsewhere in the Gita, chapter 18, text 66, Lord Krishna urges that one give up all other duties and surrender to him. And he promises, Aham Pham Sarvapapibhu Moksha Yeshyami. I shall free you from all sinful reactions and give you liberation. Therefore, in response to the inquiries of Prichit Maharaj, Sukadev Goswami, his guru, could have immediately explained the principles of bhakti. But to test Parikshit Maharaj's intelligence, he first prescribed atonement according to Karmakanda, the path of fruitive activities. For Karmakanda, there are 80 authorized scriptures, such as Manu Samhita, which are known as Dharma Shastras. In these scriptures, one is advised to counteract his sinful acts by performing other types of fruitive action. This was a path first recommended by Sukadev Goswami to Maharaj Prikshit, and actually it is a fact that one who does not take to devotional service must follow the decision of these scriptures by performing pious acts to counteract his impious acts. This is known as atonement.
Despite the fact that a person may have performed many pious activities, it's inevitable that there will be impious actions. In other words, there's good, there's karma and there's vikarma. Of course, the solution to karma and vikarma is akarma, those activities that have no reaction. But for the sake of testing his disciple, Sridhar Goswami is mentioning the process of karma kanda first and Prabhupada says here the reason why he's doing that is to test his disciple Because that's not really the solution. So Shri Prabhupada points out in the beginning of the purport, this is not really the solution. <laughs> and we have to look at the, 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 the um, context and the purpose of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And so <clears throat> many processes and um, many destinations are described in the Bhagavatam so that one gets a full, a big picture. 
one gets the big picture of what is the, what's available and, and why certain activities are prescribed by the Vedas. And, and of course we find in the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna doesn't encourage any of these in the performance of the Kamakanda activities. And it's interesting, Prabhupada mentions here, uh, there are 80 authorised scriptures such as Manu Samhita, which are known as Dharma Shastras. Dharma Shastra. And sometimes we see it actually, you know, we, we get, uh, we find devotees quoting from the Dharma Shastra. But it's interesting here, Prabhupada says, this is not, you know, this is part of the Karmakanda system. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the point is that for those who are not following the process of bhakti, <clears throat> then this is what's required, a strict adherence to the principles of the Dharma Shastra, of the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. Um, but of course later on, um, Sukadeva Swami, having tested Maharaj Pariksit, he says, Maharaj Pariksit says, what's the point of all of this? <laughs> you perform all of these, you perform all of the atonements to counteract the reactions that one gets from performing impious activities. But still the tendency to perform to be the, the, the urge to perform the same activities and create more reactions exists within the heart. So what's the point? What, what's the example that he gives? Elephant. Yes, an elephant taking bath. Yeah. <clears throat> I used to see the elephant at the Adelaide Zoo, when I worked at the zoo, Samoan, her name was Samoan. And she used to do that, they'd, they'd hose her down and give her a scrub, and then she'd just pick up the dirt and throw it on herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting characters, elephants. Quite, you know, for in in comparison with the other animals, very smart, uh, just like human beings in comparison to other animals, very smart. But of course, an animal is an animal, and when a human is behaving like an animal, no better than an animal, and so therefore, we the the reactions, and, and this is the point, the reactions that we accrue as a result of our impious 
or bad association. Why the devotees give up? Asat Sangatya give up bad association because that association impels us to act in ways that are unbeneficial for us, that there will be, there'll be reactions, negative. There'll be suffering, effectively. And we've just, Maharaj Parikit has just heard, we've just heard all of the varieties of suffering that are described in the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam. So a compassionate devotee like uh, Sukadev, a, a, a quality of a devotee is that they're concerned about the welfare of others. They want to assist others. So in order to highlight the importance of bhakti or devotional service, then these descriptions are given of the <coughs> Kamakanda section of the Vedas, but of course it's extremely difficult to perform. And even then, having performed all of the atonement, still the inclination to perform those impious activities is not removed from the heart. And so, uh, eventually, Sukadev Goswami, having been tested, oh, sorry, uh, Maharaj Preachit, having been tested by Sukadev Goswami, said, what's the point of all of this? Uh, so right at the beginning of the purport, Srila Prabhupada says, well, actually, this is not the point. But Prabhupada goes straight to the and he says, uh, he, he quotes um, Bhagavad Gita 14.26, Mam chayo viabicharena, bhakti yogena sevate, sagunan samatityaitan, brahma buyaya kalpate. And then again Prabhupada quotes, 1866. If we surrender to Krishna, then Krishna promises. Sarva papebyo moksha yeshyami. I will liberate you from sarva. Pape pure. All reactions to sinful activities, which sounds, at least to me, that sounds much more preferable. And of course, not everybody wants to surrender to Krishna, and so therefore, you know, refer to chapter five. Oh, sorry, Canto five of the Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> <laughs> and refer to these this section of the Bhagavatam where in the Karmakanda portion is recommended by Sukadev Goswami. But he's testing Maharaj preachers intelligence. 
atonement. So the, 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 the real practice for the devotees is um, to follow the process of bhakti. And when one follows the process of, of bhakti, following the prescriptions, the recommendations that are given by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita and in, and in the Srimad Bhagavatam, then one becomes enthused, surcharged with knowledge and um, um, well, the combination of knowledge and the practice of bhakti surcharges the devotee so that uh, they're enthused and inspired the, pro- the, the process of bhakti um, by following the scriptural injunctions and by good association one becomes surcharged with bhakti and is then freed completely from the reactions of one's past sinful activities. But of course this depends on uh, what is it? Abhyasaya nirantaram nirantaram means undeviated or unstoppable practice. And that's mentioned, uh, uh, well, that's from the Brahma Samhita, at the end of the Brahma Samhita. Krishna uh, instructs Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma has just described this is before Lord Brahma has even, well this is my understanding, this is even before Lord Brahma has created the, has, has facilitated the creation, yet he gives a whole description of the material realm. Uh, but of course, in glorification of Krishna, Govinda Madhi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. Uh, and as a, as a result of Lord Brahma's glorification of Krishna and his being the source and the, and the purpose the purpose of the material creation is ultimately to come to this point of surrender. Uh, Krishna was pleased by Brahma's glorification of himself uh, and his understanding of his purpose because prior to that Lord Brahma was confused about what he, what he should be doing. And in the um, um, in the beginning he understood from his meditation he had to perform austerity, he had to perform <coughs> sacrifice. 
And of course, that's what's required here in the Karma Kanda. The whole purpose of the Karma Kanda section of the Vedas is to perform jogya effectively, sacrifice, atonement. Uh, atonement is a form of sacrifice whereby one performs a variety of austerities to um, purify oneself from the reactions of one's past sinful activities. The whole purpose of sacrifice is to purify the... And, and it's mentioned here, what's, what's that? Mana ukta panipi. The mind, ukta, the words, panipi, and the senses. And that's translated. Here, mind, words, and body. So, after having performed impious acts, one needs to perform austerities or jagya, some sacrifice. And they're the, they're the sacrifices that are recommended within the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. And, and we'll see that with, with the Vedic, Vedic culture spiritual culture, civilised human culture is not just follow the mind and the senses and uh, uh, perform activities without restraint or without restriction but rather and especially in the human form of life the, the, the purpose is to control the mind and the senses and the actions of the body To, to, to ultimately to avoid these kind of reactions having to suffer in hell. And of course the culmination of sacrifice as is mentioned by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita is he describes in the fourth chapter the purpose of sacrifice. And, and it's interesting, at the end of that section of the Bhagavad Gita, the performance of sacrifice culminates in what? Does anybody know? 434. Tadviti pranipatena sevaya. Right? If you want to uh, perform sacrifice, then you need to approach a spiritual master. Right? And learn from him what is, you know, what is sacrifice. And this is the process of, this is the process of bhakti. And bhakti is so powerful. Bhakti is so powerful that by simply engaging uh, in the process, cultivating knowledge, associating with the devotees. And in uh, associating with the devotees, perfecting the chanting of Hare Krishna. This is our, this is our, this is our atonement, if you like. It's not really atonement, but effectively it is. Because if one surrenders to Krishna by the process of bhakti, then automatically all of the sinful reactions are 
And so Prabhupada's making his point here. Actually, one doesn't need to follow this. This is Sukadeva Goswami is testing Maharaj Parikshit. It's not that the Bhagavatam is actually recommending these activities, but rather the Bhagavatam culminates in surrender to Krishna, which is what we find in 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 the conclusion of well, in the in the middle of the at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end of the Bhagavad Gita is surrender to Krishna and perform devotional service. And then automatically all of the uh, as, as Krishna says, all of the purposes of the Vedic literature, all of the teachings of the Vedic literature are arrived at or achieved by the performance, by the surrender, by the surrendering process. And, you know, the surrendering process, not that we surrender once or twice, you know, oh, I surrendered yesterday, but rather the process of surrender is something that happens all of the time. And that's because of the tendency, the tendency of the conditioned souls in the association of the material energy, in, in the association of non-devotees. The, the tendency is to drift away from the process of, of bhakti. You know, surrender is something that one does all of the time. That's the symptom of a pure devotee actually, is that they follow the process. Even if the tendency is to, or the inclination is for sense gratification or activities extraneous to devotional service, one has to keep coming back. This is like in the sixth, sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna recommends bringing the mind back under control. You know, something we do when we are chanting Hare Krishna our japa, is that bringing the mind back to the focus of the sound of the Mahamantra and, and to the um, prayer Oh my Lord, oh energy of the Lord, please engage me in your service. So the process, the surrendering process of bhakti is complete when one keeps surrendering. You know, we see it with devotees who have been chanting Hare Krishna for 30 or 40 years, but then stop. And then wonder why the process doesn't work. Well, the pro if you stop the process, it, is, it's, it loses, loses its efficacy. But the interesting, the interesting point about and it's mentioned also in the Bhagavad Gita that for one who has performed activities in bhakti, there is no loss, uh, interestingly. And we see that here with the story of Ajamil. The, the potency of bhakti is such that even if one stops the performance, still the effects of past bhakti will have their uh, influence, still will exert their power and their influence over the, the, the devotee.
So does anybody have any comments or questions? On any of these points? Is that microphone actually on? There's a green light. Maybe speak directly into the microphone. Or speak louder. Shout. So there is a Gyatsu and there's mixed emotional service. A Gyatsu Sukriti, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, good question. Prabhupada mentions that bhakti begins with hearing right? and chanting. And we, we see in the Bhagavatam, we're given examples of the Mahajans who and, and there's an exemplar for each of the nine processes of bhakti. So, um, and, and we know that there are different levels of advancement. Right. This is why Rupa Goswami advises us to uh, identify the various stages or different levels. So, Agata Sukriti is Bhakti. And, and we see that pretty much with Ajamil, because Ajamil, by good association, in his, as, a, as a young, as a child and as a young man, was a Brahman. And so he named his son Narayan. And throughout his later years, he was chanting the name of Narayan. Right. So he was hearing and chanting, but pretty much in ignorance, but still got the benefit. Right? So, yes, Agyata Sukriti is bhakti, but not very developed. You know, Prabhupada gives the example of a mango. Right? A mango is a mango even when it's unripe, it's just that it hasn't matured to the point where it's relishable. Or even you can relish a, a green mango. Right? But it might not perhaps be as relishable as a, as a ripe, um, as a ripe mango. <clears throat> you know, it's, the, the, the cows love mangoes. It's, it's funny, you, you give them a mango and they put the mango in their mouth and then they hold their head up and they're just tasting the, they're relishing them. Whereas you know if you've got a green mango, it's kind of like, ooh, ooh, it's not quite the same. But it's still a mango. So 
Agyata Sukriti, Karma Mishra Bhakti, which is mixed with some Ogyana Mishra Bhakti, which is tinged with some desire for cultivating knowledge, is not as effective uh, as uh, Shuddha Bhakti, pure Bhakti. But because the, the, the Bhakti ingredient is uh, part of that activity, then there are benefits that come, automatically accrue for somebody, even if they don't know it. Agyata Sukriti, if one hears the chanting of Hare Krishna, and we see that. that that's why the Sankirtan movement is so potent and so, um, you know, it's, it's been, Krishna has given the Sankirtan Jagya, great potency in this in the in the Kali Yuga. So people tap their feet and hear the sound and appreciate the chanting, and then they get benefit, right? So um, the 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 prefer or you know the the, the recommended uh, quality or the most potent quality of bhakti is anyabhilashitashanyamgyanakamadhyanabhitam so you know no motive for benefit either in learning or in accumulation of wealth and material facilities although those things may may and those things may be provided for a, for a devotee when he chants Hare Krishna and performs devotional service is often endowed with learning and with material facilities. But performing bhakti for those purposes is not as um, powerful or as uh, purifying as that which is performed without motivation. Right? So yes, there's a, there's a difference in the quality but still there are benefits and it's still considered bhakti. But as we're recommended by Rupa Goswami, we should be, we need to discern between the different types of bhaktas. In other words, and a, and a bhakta is determined by their bhakti, right? So, um, what is it? Krishnetti yasya giri tammanasa We respect all devotees, anybody who chants. We respect, but at the same time, we may not intimately associate with those who chant, but don't follow strictly. Well, we offer our obeisances. We mentally respect those who chant. We offer our obeisances to those who have uh, taken diksha, dikshesti, chet pranati vis. Pachantamisham, those who are worshipping Krishna and presumably those who, are, uh, who have received diksha means they've received knowledge from the Guru. Right? So those who have received and understood and putting in practice that then we associate with those individuals.
I guess for those who have undergone the, the process of diksha but haven't realised the learning, then we avoid them because actually the diksha is not complete. Right? That, that must be what's happening. The dictions, the, the, the acceptance of the learning or the, the thorough absorption. And of course, diction means then thorough absorption. Uh, uh, um, um, Pariprasnena, what is it? No, Pranipatena, so the offering of respects. Pariprasnena, Sevaya, so three aspects of surrender, if you like. That's what's required. And then, um, if those items are complete, then the devotee will move to that stage of. Uh, um, ananya, what is it? Um, um, Avyabicharena bhakti, right? bhakti without cessation, and that's the that's the that's the required practice of bhakti that brings one to the point of pure devotional service, the, the cleansing, and we and we go through those stages, you know of. The ignorance stage, but then the, the the awareness of the practice of bhakti and its potency, and the requirements, and that's the clearing stage. But once one's gone through the clearing stage, one then comes to the point of pure devotional service. Thank you, Guru. That was a wonderful answer. Thank you very much. Thank you, But they're all called bhakti. Uh, but they're not all bhakti <laughs> mixed. Uh, I was reflecting in this segment when you said that bhakti can be also be atonement. Um, so it's uh, depending. A form of atonement. A form of atonement. Yeah, kind of. It's it, it just automatically is. Yes, it's part of the deal. Uh, um, the underlying uh, consciousness behind like a repentant, repentance yeah. uh, that in the course of time will elicit a higher quality like humility that uh, eventually will um, lead to the constant surrender. I was trying to make that connection based on what you Mention, is that right? Yes, because the devotee will realize I'm not really very surrendered and that's why I'm still suffering. And that means I'm a fool. Which is a symptom of a Majjhim Adhikari at least. That he doesn't think he's the best devotee. Whereas Kanishta thinks himself, I'm, the, I'm pretty good. <laughs> But then struggles, struggles with material motivation or material desires. And so, you know, we have, what is it, uh, Adol Shraddha, first of all faith. And that faith then 
brings a devotee into the association of the devotees, Sadhu Sangha, then in the association of the devotees, Bhajana Kriya, the performance of one's bhajan or bhakti in practice. And then the development of Bhajana Kriya or the refinement of Bhajana Kriya is Anatta Nivriti, removing the inessential. Uh, and, and that's a process of purification and realization of one's attachments and, and identifying them and then relinquishing that attachment. And so, in that stage, and, and that's the, you know, the clearing or the purifying stage, the, the chanting of Hare Krishna is perfected in that stage because that's the that's purifying process. And um, in that clearing stage one has to face the realities of one's weaknesses and and then as a consequence of those realizations one becomes uh, um, aware of the the The, the weakness of heart. Right? And this is, of course, one of the anatas. Vidaya Durabalyam. Right? And why the association of the devotees is so important to, to clear. And the Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, is so that we can we get a clear understanding of what Uttama Bhakti is and what the lesser quality of Bhakti is is and we can remove the misgivings the anatas from the heart so yeah that's a that's um uh, in one sense a form of atonement right in one way it is chanting Hare krishna and realizing one's stupidity oh Here's why I'm stuck in the material world is because I'm not a devotee, I'm a materialist. Which is painful because, you know, we're chanting Hare Krishna and we think, oh, I'm a great devotee. I've got to the point where I know all of the Hare Krishna things to do. Right? I pay my obeisances with my feet poking in the right direction. <laughs> I know all the jargon. And that's good, there's nothing wrong with that, but of course, you know, then we get proud because we know everything. <laughs> then we realise, hang on a second, I don't know everything. I thought I knew everything, but now I realise I don't. Oh no, well, how embarrassing. Huh? But that's okay. A devotee is embarrassed by the fact that he's stuck in the material world. But uh, joyous because uh, Krishna's is Krishna's saved him in a variety, you know, in so many ways. Okay, I think we can finish here. Gandharaj Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Sarabhata Ki Jai Guru Bhakti Bindi Ki Jai.